This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Backpacking Podcast. As always, I am here with my good buddy, Jeremiah Stringer. And tonight, we're not even wasting time. We're bringing in our guests right from the beginning. This is a guy I have personally known for way too many years, which ages us a ridiculous amount. But uh, with myself and Jeremiah today is Brian the Flash Carpenter. What's going on, man? Hey, what's up, everybody? How's it going? Going good. How are you doing, Jeremiah? Fantastic, man. It's great to be here. Great to have Brian. Uh, if you uh, haven't heard of him before, we've had him on the podcast a few times. I encourage you to go check out those episodes, get a little background on him, because uh, we're diving deep tonight on a, a couple of uh, trips that he has taken since the last time we talked to him. I'm very excited. I'm really nervous for Brian, actually, because we're going to get super intense tonight. <laughs> <laughs> like super intense like it's the kind where your eyes get all like really serious like it, you're just ready because i mean we're we're getting into it brian i hope you're prepared yeah i hope you're prepared because <laughs> it, it's coming right now so um one of the things that we like to do on this show is we like to sometimes do some uh just some fun stuff and so tonight we're gonna do a little thing we call rapid fire So basically, the way rapid fire works is this. I'm going to ask you guys a series of five questions. Jeremiah is not allowed to listen to you answer the questions, Brian. If he hears your answers, he will cheat and use your answers as his answers. So we can't have that. So here's the deal. Jeremiah, you need to take off those those headphones right now. And I need to hear what Brian has to say about these five questions. And they are the theme. The theme of our questions today is, and I'm using a pen for a change because uh, I had to restart my other computer. It's a long story short, but I, I'm going archaic tonight. But we are talking about hiker trash. Oh. Straight up hiker trash questions tonight. So oh. it's something all of us have experienced in some way, shape, or form. So uh, that's what we're doing. So go ahead and take those headphones off, Jeremiah. And... Uh, don't try and steal Brian's answers. <laughs> All right, just give me the Batman signal when it's ready to sign back on. I'll give you one of these. All right. Okay, he's off. He's off. So, Brian, yeah. these five questions are very intense. Um, and by that, I mean they're not very intense, but I just want to get your, your answers <laughs> for this stuff. So, the very first question I have is, what is the favorite trail that you have hiked? Oh, man. Uh you never forget your first one, so I'm going to say the Appalachian Trail. There was something in me that kind of knew that was going to be your answer, but I figured I'd ask it anyways. Um, what is better hiker trash food, ramen noodles or north sides? Oh, ramen, definitely. Ramen. I was going to say on the Shell Toey, you went through quite a few packets of ramen noodles, if I remember right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, never and I think, old. I was saying, and I think I went through a crap ton of north sides. Yeah. Like literally, like we were the exact opposite on that one. Okay, so the longest you've worn a pair of underwear on the trail without uh, washing it, one pair. Mm, six days. Six days, man. That's an impressive time for one pair of underwear. I, I wear Hold the on, on, on trail, not off trail. On trail. <laughs> on, oh, on tra- <laughs> <laughs> That's between you and your wife at that point. Um, so, uh, worst gear gear failure that you have had on trail? Ooh, um, gee, I don't know. Everything held up pretty well. Um, hiking poles. Okay, uh, I had a cheap, had a cheap pair of Mountain Smith poles starting the AT, and was constantly replacing uh, a seg- a section of them. Uh, the first six hundred miles, so I finally just tossed them and got some leckies yeah and you use those all the way through the sheltoe trace too if i remember right yeah and uh, there. yeah yeah those two trails that's awesome man that's awesome so here's here's the last question and this is kind of the most important one of them all um what's better mountain house or pretty much everything else 
ramen noodles, baby. <laughs> so you're going with pretty much everything else, right? <laughs> yeah, everything else. Everything else. <laughs> All right. I'm going to bring on Jeremiah. Well, let's see what uh, his answers are going to be. Come on in, Jeremiah. We're ready to hear you, man. What up, okay. What's up, man? Are you ready for this? What's up, hiker? Uh, are you ready? Hey, yeah, what's going on, hikers? Let's do it. <laughs> Everybody's always waiting for you to say that. We never say it on the podcast. No. I mean, it's copywritten for your channel, so you know I don't want to like bust in on any rights or anything like that. I'm pretty so. sure that we just had to pay a royalty after to I To you? Said yeah. So what you're saying is we're going to start doing this every show, so you just make money <laughs> off of us. That's exactly right. Okay, so here's the five questions I asked Brian, and uh, I think Brian is probably correct on every one of them. So good luck. I don't know if you're going to be right or not, but but good luck. All right. So the favorite trail that you've ever hiked? Oh, the long trail, definitely. Okay. Nobody would know that, though, if they've ever listened to this podcast. No, it's it's not a thing. <laughs> it's never been talked about on here at all. Um <laughs> Better hiker trash food, ramen noodles or north sides? Uh, probably the north sides. Okay. <laughs> Longest you've worn one pair of underwear on the trail without washing it? Oh, probably like five days, four days. Five, five days? I don't try to wear them inside out, too. You get a little extra wear out of it. Yeah, I wear the shorts that have the liner, so I don't even wear underwear when I'm hiking. Oh, I mean, I technically, I guess the things that's in my shorts are like the underwear, but that kind of makes me more gross, I think, than you guys. That's pretty bad. Anyways, let's move on. Um, <laughs> worst gear failure you've had on trail? Hmm. No, that's a hard one. Whoa! Okay, I got to pull this up real quick. Leonidas, 16 days. On the underwear? On the underwear, 16 wow. days. You had to smell like a wretched creature. Wow. I think those things were doing the walking. <laughs> <laughs> After a while, you don't have to move your own legs. That's crazy. <laughs> Dang. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. What's the worst gear failure you've had, Jeremiah? Um, I did have a backpack. Now, this one must have been cheaper than the Gonex backpack. I was packing it up. That's not possible. <laughs> I was packing it up, getting ready to go. And, um, before I left for the trip, you know, I wanted to try it on and everything, went to strap the hip belt and one side of the hip belt completely ripped out. Oh man, that's awful. At least I was at home. Do you remember the brand or anything or? No, I will tell you this quick side note. Um, before the podcast started, I was talking about this trip that I took with these other guys. <sighs> Mr. Backpacking with Jason, sir. Hopefully, I'm not uh, bursting or still in the thunder at all here. His hammock completely failed. Bottom ripped out completely, hit the ground. I oh, know. no. Just the shock and the surprise. On His Jake raven? Yep, it's, it's done. Oh, that's awful. I know. Well, he also backpacks more than any other person I know and has slept in that hammock. You know, he sleeps in that hammock as much as I sleep Several in my own bed. times. Yeah, yeah, several hundred times he slept in that for hammock. For years. Wow. Yeah. I'm sure he'll want to talk all about it. Look at this. Somebody out here already said the Raven. The Raven. It is the Raven. It, it is the Raven. A that's, a, that's a great. He did a <laughs> video more. on that thing. <laughs> more. <laughs> <laughs> the Raven is dead. Okay, last question, Jeremiah. What's better, Mountain House or pretty much everything else? Oh, Everything else, definitely. <laughs> I like Mountain House okay. It's okay. Yeah, somebody has to. They sell a lot, so. Yeah, a lot of rookies. I'm just, I'm not one of them. I'm actually getting ready to have my first YouTube short, and Mountain House is going to play a big part in that, so Aww. be prepared for my short di directorial debut. Um, okay, so let's go through the answers real quick. So, Brian, uh, his favorite trail, the Appalachian Trail. Would you guys, uh, your trails actually intersect at one point, so uh, yeah, Brian still wins. Um, <laughs> question number two. Wait, question hold, number on, hold on just a second. What? He, without my trail, he couldn't finish the Appalachian Trail. That's true. That was the influence of the Appalachian Trail. That's yes. okay, and man. Might, and I might be hiking it next year. Hey! So I just saw Jupiter Hikes is starting it. 
Nice. Yeah, I saw that too. I saw that too. All right. I still say Brian wins. Okay. <laughs> Question number two. Better hiker trash food, ramen or north sides? Brian said ramen. You said north sides. Get a lot of variety with the north sides. And I am the uh You're the tiebreaker. I'm the tiebreaker. And there was a time when I would have said the north sides, but I have recently gotten my hands on a entire like variety pack of genuine ramen noodles. Like where it's like all these different brands and different flavors and stuff from like Korea. And I'm straight up ramen now. So Brian wins again. I don't know if there's enough calories in those things. Well, brother, I'm trying to lose weight, so that's probably uh, good for me. <laughs> that's true. So, that's true. There, there's that. Okay, so the next question, longest you've worn a pair of underwear on the trail without washing it. If Leonidas was on here right now, he would win in a landslide at 16 days. He said he was on the BMT when he was doing that. So, um, But six days for Brian, five days for Jeremiah. So, Jeremiah, you almost measured up to straight-up hiker trash just uh, now. Mine could be a complete lie. I don't know. That's fair. We'll go with it. You still lost either way, so it works out well for Brian. So right now, Brian's up three to nothing. Three to nothing. Uh, Worst gear failure you've had on trail? Okay, even if I want to tell you you didn't get this one, Jeremiah, I couldn't do it because a backpack's way worse than trekking poles. So you are going to win question number four. So the the score right now is three to one. And the last question, what's better mountain house or pretty much everything else? And you guys both agree it's pretty much everything else. So, uh, Brian, you are the winner of the initial season four version of the rap. All right, Brian, let's talk Colorado trail now. Cause that's really what we want to hear about from you. Cause, uh, you, how okay? Why don't you let everybody in on all the long trails you've hiked at this point? Because in 2018, in the spring of 2018, you had hiked one, right? Yeah. So yeah. how many have you hiked now? Uh, four. Okay, which ones have you done? So Appalachian Trail was my first in 2012. Uh, fall of 2018, you and I did the Sheltoe Trace. Um. Fall of last year, I did the uh, Superior Hiking Trail up in Minnesota. And then this July, I did the Colorado Trail. So what what makes you do long trails? Uh, mostly my legs. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, no, uh, I got to be that guy on the show. Yeah, got to be that sorry. guy. Uh, <laughs> no, I, 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 love, I love long distance hiking. I love hiking in general, backpacking. Uh, but yeah, long distance hiking, being out there for several weeks at a time, um, embracing the suck, but getting past that and getting to like just the really good parts of it, finding out who you are, what you're made of, and um, meeting incredible people along the way. Um, there's just something about it. Um, like it's it's just a great experience, great community, and uh, being part of uh, what others have, have trekked before and what others will trek in the future. Um, yeah, it's just, I don't know, something magical about it. What would you say would be the reasons, if people are looking for a reason not to go backpacking, what's your biggest thing that you would be like, oh, this is the worst part, man. If you don't want to do it, don't do it because of this. Oh, I mean, totally wearing underwear for six straight days. Like that's, <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, not showering for several days in a row. Um, that's That's pretty nasty. I mean, it's, it's physically, physically challenging. Uh, it could be mentally just uh, draining on you, um, going through the same routine and, like, pushing yourself day in, day out. Um, it is challenging. Like, it, it's definitely, like, you have to push yourself uh, beyond your limits a lot of times. So uh, but that's also a good reason to do it. Uh, yeah, like, I mean, you can always find a reason to not go do it. But, like, rain and hail and almost getting struck by lightning, like, it's a good reason to, to not go out, but at the same time, it also gives you some awesome stories to tell. So, well, we got a question for you from the uh, from the comments. They want to know how long did it take you to hike the SHT? The SHT, the Superior Hiking Trail. Um, gosh, what was that? Tw- Eighteen days. Wow. Yeah, I, I feel like that's 18 fast. Days. How many miles uh, were you doing a day on that one? Uh, between eighteen and twenty three. 
Um, I, I did fall and hurt myself while I was talking to you. I, I remember that very well, actually. Can <laughs> I can I tell spot. that story real quick? Like yeah, people yeah. people need to hear this. So uh, Brian and I, like I said, we've gone we went to college together. We've known each other for a really long time. But at the when we met originally, neither one of us were backpackers. Like no, not at all. Nothing, never, never did it. I mean, I had we anyways. Music. We were musicians. We were bass players. That's right, bass players. We were bass players in college. <laughs> um, but uh, Brian um, and I have become friends over the years. We did the, the Shell Toy Trace together, and when he was getting ready to do the SHT, I told him, I said, well, if you're out there and you have signal and you're bored and you just need someone to chat with, give me a shout, and we'll chat for a little while. And uh, you had told me that there, wasn't a, there weren't a whole lot of people on the trail when you were out there. So No, not at all. And so he gave me a call one day, and we're talking. And while we're talking, I just hear Brian grunt. And I'm like, that was weird. And so he keeps talking, and then he goes, hey, man, I need to get off of here now. I fell while I was talking to you, and I've got blood pouring out of my leg. <laughs> I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, I think I hurt myself pretty bad. I'm like, okay. And so he, we hang up. I find out later that he had to go see like the local clinic and get it cleaned out. And then you were working on that thing for a month or so after the trail. Yeah, yeah. So, so I guess once you get north of Duluth, um, they don't believe in pharmacies. And, uh, <laughs> so, so none of these little like towns had a pharmacy. So I had to go to an urgent care clinic in uh, Silverton, and uh, you know they, they cleaned me up really good. Uh, they couldn't stitch it because it was the hole was just too big. Um, they tried to like do little strips on it, which didn't hold because I'm hiking. And, uh, but they didn't give me an antibiotics at all. And uh, so once I got closer to Duluth, I just noticed like my legs were a little bit sore, like in a weird, like not a, you're hiking 300 miles sore, but like a weird, like painful sore. And uh, once I finished the trail, um, I went back to an urgent care. They're like, yeah, you're, in, you have an infection. And so oh. they gave me a shot and some antibiotics and, and then that was followed up by about a month of uh, visiting my local doctor and getting shots every week and antibiotics to kick it. So good times. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, somebody even commented, they said, almost getting struck by lightning. And they go, he said that so nonchalantly. <laughs> they had to make sure that was over three different messages, um, which is really funny because um, knowing Brian, it's all about being nonchalant. I remember getting a text message from Brian where he had accidentally poked a hole in his leg and it was squirting blood about three feet out of his leg. And he sends me a video of it and laughs about it. Oh so, gosh. Yeah. And so that, was, what that I, was when we were doing the uh, Shell Toys. So. I, I remember that very well. Um, <laughs> hey, Brian. So tell us about getting struck by lightning, man. We got to hear about this light getting almost struck by lightning story. Wait, before you okay. do, can I ask one thing about the uh, yeah. hurting your leg? Yeah. So – how long were you just this courteous guy on the phone listening to JK talk, probably ranting about something, and then there's blood pouring down your leg, and then finally you're like, I got to cut him off. I got to cut him <laughs> off. <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm polite, and I, I'll let him, let him finish the sentences and stuff. But, yeah, I was laying on the ground and, and noticed some blood on some leaves, and, and I just kind of rolled my leg over, and it's just gushing. I'm like, hey, man, um, <laughs> I, got, I got blood gush down my leg let me give you a call back in a few minutes <laughs> i remember that so well man so i you know i i, I carry a, a a quick clot patch in my first aid uh kit which my first aid kit is basically a quick clot patch and uh two ibuprofen and a band-aid and that's pretty much it some leuco tape you gotta have leuco tape uh, but I just put that on my knee wrapped it with leuco tape and just kept hiking and had to hike another 12 miles to get to road to get out and get to the urgent care but uh, it all worked out i got a ride to town and a nice swanky uh uh 19 not re uh not remodeled restored since like the 1960s motel and um yeah it all worked out great well awesome tell, tell us about getting struck by lightning okay so uh yeah colorado you were very high up in elevation you're very exposed and uh i was out uh, approaching I can't remember the name of the pass. Um, weird pass, but basically it's uh, you're coming into you're, you're already past the highest point on the trail, which is like thirteen thousand two hundred feet, and uh, you're, you're around some old like mining camps. You see some old mines and stuff that are boarded up, and um, there's some four wheeler roads stuff like that. But you're pretty you're pretty high up. 
there's a road that um, it's like a 20 mile road that gets get you access to a little town called Silverton. And uh, so that's not the best place to get into Silverton because it's like a dirt road that winds down a mountain. You hike another like 20 miles, you get to Mullis Pass, which is a better play, better way to get to Silverton. Uh, but I get up, I'm on this like four wheeler road and uh, turned on the trail and I noticed a storm cloud coming. And, and if you see a storm cloud here, like you're like, all right, it might rain, it might not, it might pass. If you see something that remotely even looks like a happy cloud, it's going to turn gray and like, try to kill you within 10 minutes. <laughs> and uh, you want to you want to run for cover or find like a bush or something to duck under. Well, I'm standing and watching this cloud and it's it's obviously going to storm. It looks nasty. And I'm, I'm watching which way it's going because I'm like, all right, is it going my way? Because it'll go faster than me. I'll just keep hiking. And I'm watching this thing and it's starting to rain a little bit. And I see it lightning and stuff. I'm like, okay, you know, I probably shouldn't go. There were a couple of day hikers I met earlier that were waiting for a shuttle. Um, and they were waiting back at the road about half a mile from me. And so I kind of see them off in the distance waiting for their shuttle. And I'm, I'm waiting for the, like watching the cloud. And, and before I know it, this lightning strike hits about a hundred yards from me, hit just strikes into the mountain. And I'm like, Nope, <laughs> turn around and start running back toward the road where those guys were. And, uh, before I could even get back that, that mile, like it's hailing, it's like pouring down rain and it, no joke, hailed about two inches of hail on top of this mountain to the point where I went back, I hitched a ride with those day hikers on her shuttle, which was a four wheeler. Like what the heck? So like, <laughs> I'm already, was I'm it already, like, was it pulling a trailer or something or no, it's like one of those like, uh, Cam Am, like like a south. Oh side. yeah, 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 yeah. What like, like, like a like a car, but rednecks drive them, kind of thing. Oh. And like, so so like we're riding down this thing. We're already like soaking wet and frozen, and now we're riding in an open air vehicle, like twenty miles down, twenty miles an hour down a mountain. And uh, so yeah, it was like not pleasant at all. And um, yeah, it was just it was super scary. And going back up the next morning there was still hell on the ground. Like it was just like the after storm was just like nasty. Um, but like, yeah, that was crazy. And that wasn't even like the craziest part of that night, like getting to Silverton and all the hotels are booked. There's nothing. So I'm like wet and frozen. I'm just like, ah, I guess I'm going outside and sleeping somewhere. And, um, l- luckily, uh, like I tried every hotel, every motel, every Airbnb. I'm like, calling people who have campers like trying to find anything to stay in just to dry up and warm up because it's like 30 degrees at this point and i'm soaked and it's like yeah the lightning to get me the hypothermia will um but then like the girl working the hotel that i was at like trying to get everything arranged she was super sweet like gave me a towel let me use the bathroom gave me coffee um and she comes back she's like all right we have this like secret room that um, we're not allowed to rent out because there's no windows um, so you have to pay us cash because we're not allowed to rent it out because it's a secret room. And so I was at able this to... point, are you really rethinking things? Like, Oh no, no. And, and like, <laughs> this, this is like a, so Silverton's an old mining town. So like, right. and this hotel was built in the 19, like tens. So, you know, like there were like gunslingers and like people got murdered. Like there's like velvet naked women paintings on the walls. Like it's one of these like awesome places that like, <laughs> Yeah, like I'm gonna get murdered tonight in the, in the windowless room, but I didn't care because it was warm. Dude, that's that's exactly what I was thinking because I was like, man, what other like sports activities or hobbies do you get yourself into these situations? It's like backpacking. You you have no idea what's gonna happen. Like what? Uh, yeah. There's nothing else that I can think of where you would find yourself having to stay in this secret room with no, yeah. like a cellar. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was up. It was like third floor, but it was still no windows. Wait, third floor? There were no windows. Yeah. Okay, now that's yeah. creepy. In, in this one room. Yeah. That's that's that, a red flag. That, that's really creepy. But this, this is where this is where it like gets awesome. Like you know how like hotels. <laughs> You know, you know how hotels have like the little like bottles of shampoo and conditioner. Yeah. yeah. This one not only had those, it had mouthwash. Like, who does mouthwash? 
<laughs> so super swanky. That like, that that's no, class. no windows, but super swanky. That's classy, dude. That's what? really classy. Did they have the... bathrobes? No, they didn't. But the <laughs> the the shower pressure could like take the paint off a car. It was <laughs> it was amazing. It was amazing. I'd stay in the murder room any day of the week. Some somebody posted a fun fact about Colorado. It doesn't have the most lightning strikes in the U.S., but it does have the most deaths by lightning. How about it's that one? Probably all backpackers. <laughs> probably. <laughs> hey, I probably. am curious. Can I ask what the difference um, in like how much it would cost for a normal room versus how much you had to pay cash to stay in that one? Um, I don't know what a normal room costs because they were fully booked. Uh-huh. But I mean, I paid 150. <laughs> gotcha. I would pay Which, anything to get out of the situation. I mean, that, that's way more than I'd pay typically for a hotel when I'm. Yeah. No, not not dying of hypothermia, but uh, I was willing yeah, to pay was, for Brian's room one night when we were doing the Sheltoe Trace. The yeah, first we four so days cool. of the su- the south, the first like three or four days um, of the south end of it, it was and I'm and Brian, t- I've got a witness. It was like de- torrential downpours. It wasn't just rain; it was driving rain for like yeah. four days straight. Everything we owned was soaked. Like there was nothing that was dry. Both of our phones got destroyed. Um, and we hit this area called Cherit Creek, and there's a place there called Cherit Creek Lodge. And I told Brian before we got there, I said, "Dude, let's go there." And he goes, "Ah, oh, we need to, we need to, we need to push on." I'm like, "Dude, I will pay for your freaking room. I don't want to sleep in this crap one more night." And we get about, we're maybe two miles from the Cherit Creek Lodge. He goes, "Let's totally go to the Cherit Creek Lodge." Because <laughs> it, it had just gotten to the point where neither one of us wanted to be out in that stuff anymore. When you hit that point of, okay, this is enough. I agree with you. I'd pay 150 bucks for that room. I'd pay 250 bucks for that room. Dude, I can't tell you how many times like I have either been like, "Nah, I'm done. I'm I'm ready to get a hotel." Or like, uh, you know, on the long trail, there was a time where I was like, "No, tomorrow's not the day to go back on trail. This is going to be another zero right here." Sometimes it kind of feels like cheating, you know, because you're like, "Oh, I, I should be out there backpacking." But then um, in the back of my mind, and it comes straight to the front of my mind, nope, this isn't cheating. Yeah. This is exactly where I need to be, and I need like a dozen donuts and a warm and a bag. cheeseburger and a cheeseburger. Yeah, yeah the, the, the town experience is definitely just as much of a valid part of your backpacking experience as the trail. So um, I, I, I had one plan zero on the Colorado Trail, and that was like either Frisco or Breckenridge, mm. and everything else was kind of up in the air. I didn't know. Like I did a Nero going into Leadville. I hiked five miles that day. And I was like, you know, that's enough to experience Leadville. Took a zero. Like Leadville was such a cool little town. Took a zero in Lake City. Like Lake City, what the heck? But it was just such a nice little town. I just dug it. So I, I took a zero there as well. And so I like you just got to experience the towns. And, and and if your friends are there, your trail family, like it just makes it all the more better. So Yeah. I am uh, I am wanting to know about this lightning strike. So I have never been close enough. Like a hundred yards is super super close. Yeah. Is yeah. I've been to the point where the lightning is at the same time as the thunder, but never so close that like I happen to be looking in the direction that the lightning's coming from, and I see it strike something, and it's right in my face. What's it like? Is it uh, super super bright? Do you actually see all the? Uh, the electricity coming down, I'm sure, I'm sure it's a huge boom. It's, it's yeah, the boom was deafening. Um, like you could feel like the static on your hair like rise up. And uh, yeah, it's like, let's just say I'm glad like I could change my underwear. <laughs> like, it, was, uh, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was, it was, it was close. It was close to that. Was it that was day pretty, six? Uh, was that day six? <laughs> 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 it may have been, but yeah, it was, it was scary. Like I, I, I couldn't have backtracked that mile fast enough to get back, um, running through like hail and water, just pouring down the trail. Like it just made it even harder. And I got, I, I saw those guys ducked under a bush and I grabbed my little Z sit pack, sit pad thing off my backpack real quick threw my backpack poles down, like down on the road and ran up under the bush and kept that thing over my neck. Cause, uh, the hail was just pelting us through the bushes and it was just, it was a nasty night. And, um, a couple of my trail family were out in it, like in their tents and 
they were just saying how just scared they were because you know all of us use the you know tents that need our trekking poles to stand up and so those are lightning conductors right there and <laughs> there's just you know it's a timing game but it's also like you know there's some days you're only going to hike 10 miles if uh if you're just hiking around the storms so sometimes you just gotta keep going and hope for the best well and thankfully your story has begun it of course love to wander make sure it got in there did you poop your shorts <laughs> followed up by Inkblot saying someone say poop and last i'm sure this is meant to say poopy pants and not poppy pants but uh yeah so it's begun the poop everybody yeah. be happy the uh we are we are now seventy six episodes strong talking about poop. So, yeah. it so is, it's not happened. A, a cat hole wasn't needed, and, and neither was Monty. So, so luckily, luckily that was uh, it wasn't it wasn't an issue, but it was uh, it was darn close. I remember I remember an episode with you. Um, we had gone out to this this hole in the wall restaurant that your dad wanted to go to really oh bad. Gosh. And uh, and <laughs> that food ran oh, through man. you pretty quick, man. You want to kind of oh, share my. share that story oh, a little bit? It's kind of gross. I'm just going to let everybody know it's disgusting, oh, but it's uh, really funny. It's one of those say it, don't spray it moments. <laughs> um, we, we, we could probably just leave it at that. <laughs> there, there was, uh, we'll just say it was impossible to leave no trace. <laughs> uh, sadly. And, and, the, the look on that one hiker's face when he saw me come out of the bushes was, was priceless. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you don't know me. You never saw me. Well, I wonder what you're. I just want I want to, I want to, I want to say something about this story though real okay. quick. All I remember is we're back at our tents. It was me and you and Julio. This was before he broke his foot that next day. Um, yeah. We're sitting out there and you walk out and you just look at me and go, there's not a cat hole deep enough. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you said. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Oh, I don't even want to know what just happened. <laughs> just like, I mean, we went to what? It was a buffet, right? Yeah, it was, but we, none of us got the buffet. We all just ordered off the menu. Yeah, it was yeah, like it was it was no bueno. <laughs> yeah, it was like it was like really dry fried chicken, greasy burgers, and Mexican food. Yeah, like it was all three, but yeah, it was like named dad- after somebody's <laughs> grandmother. Yeah, my dad loved it. Oh, he thought it was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, me, not so much. So, <laughs> my, my stomach, definitely not so much. Not quite. Yeah, that's a bad combination for uh, <laughs> the trail. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have a question. That was, uh, that was after we hiked, like, what, 15 miles on road walking? Yeah, yeah, it was, it was a like, long road walk stretch. I remember that. That was We were just glad to go eat, like, regular food yeah. that night. I remember that. Yeah. That's a grind. That road walking's a grind, man. Yep. Okay. Sorry to cut you off, Jeremiah. You go ahead, man. I I, I just cut you off twice. I'm a real bad co-host. <laughs> no worries, man. No worries. We're doing a little dance here. Doing a little <laughs> dance. So uh, I have a question from Adam from earlier. And uh, Adam asks about any dangerous animal encounters that you've had in the backcountry, whether it's uh, the SHT or the uh, Sheltoe or Colorado trail or AT or any time, did you ever have uh, any animal encounters like that? So with the exception of the Sheltoe, um, I have experienced bears um, on the other three trails and Sheltoe, we actually saw fresh bear scat um, close to an area we were planning on camping and we, uh, we chose to kind of go a little bit further and, and not camp there. Um, but yeah, um, even on Col- day one on Colorado trail, I scared a bear, black bear running down the mountains. So, uh, luckily did not see any uh, mountain lions. Uh, my friend sprinkles who also threw hike this year on the Colorado trail, she saw a mountain lion, um, about two thirds of the way through the trail. And, uh, it, it ran off luckily. Um, but yeah, um, black bears are pretty much as dangerous as I've seen. And I've never had any bad encounters with them. Um, I've had one come through uh, my campsite um, in the morning before, and so full disclosure, I um, my pillow is typically my food bag, and uh, so I I don't hang, um, but I've never had an issue. Um, I also kind of put my stuff in like um, scent proof bags and stuff like that, so it's never been a problem. But you should practice. Um, <laughs> hanging your bear bag. Get used to it. That's um, the disclaimer. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a trained professional. Um, no. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> well, and and this is something else that he taught me with the uh, with the bear bag. He said, uh, "I always take my socks off and I lay those over top of my bear bag." So, like every night, he takes his nasty socks and he puts his bear bag down. And he lays those nasty socks and like old underwear and stuff over top of the food bag. So the sheer like, human skunk smell like covers yeah. up the food smell. Yeah, they'll smell my my shoes and socks, and <laughs> and, and I, I I use these little Ziploc bags called smelly bags I got on Amazon, uh-huh. and they're they're pretty scent proof, and I uh, just put like my food in that, and I haven't had any issues, but that's not to say that you know something couldn't happen. So you should definitely practice uh, hanging the bear bag. Um, I just want to cuddle with them, like. Come to my <laughs> cuddle with them. They're so cute. Well, so, I was gonna uh, say on the shell toe, it's not the bears you got to worry about; it's the dogs. Yeah, like Gosh. dogs are more dangerous. I've I've had bear encounters hiking, and I've never had a problem with bears. But dang, man, I had to use pepper spray on a dog on the shell toe yeah. trace because he was gonna yeah. bite my leg. Yeah, I carried I carried pepper spray on uh, one of the roadwalk sections because the dogs just got yeah. on the safe side. I know a guy who had to shoot a dog. Um, when he was doing his shell toy trace hike, he, he flat out pulled out his pistol and shot it because it was uh, not bad. So yeah, it was gonna bite a woman, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So um, it was unfortunate, but like people out there have fifty dogs and don't chain them up, and and I'm sure they're all starving and and want that attention. So yeah. um, it was unfortunate, but um, yeah, a wild animals, not really any uh, any uh, negative encounters with them. <clears throat> On the AT. Do, especially in the Smokies, there's a lot of bear activity, but I know there's other places too. Were there campsites that you or your trail family would just pass up? You'd be like, ah, this is going to be it for the night. And then you walk in there and it literally looks like bears dens everywhere and bear scat and, you know, signs. And you're like, nope, I guess it's five more miles for me today. Yeah. Um, hadn't had that. Well, I've had that addition to Smokies, but not on the AT. Um, some other some other campsites that um, they've either closed because of bear activity or um, I definitely saw fresh signs and kind of hiked on. Um, there were a couple spots in Virginia that uh, we actually had an aggressive bear in our camp spot, but there were like 20 of us camping there and they actually had like a bear like container that you get like a locker that you could put your food in. Yeah. So like this bear was like walking around our campsite and stuff and you could hear it like grunting and snorting and stuff. But, um, we all like, you know, we get 20 hikers together and making a bunch of noise. We were able to kind of fend it off, but yeah, it's, uh, there are some, some hungry bears out there and, and I'm, you know, I hear reports where they're getting a little bit more, uh, aggressive. I know there's been some incidents in Smokies lately with the, uh, aggressive bears that keep coming back to campsites because they're, they're looking for food. So definitely like, especially in the Smokies where they have the poles and the, and the wire to hang your food, Yeah, hang your food. Like they put that there for that reason. Um, yeah. when I'm in the Smokies, I do hang my food, um, because that's to me, that's a special place in the bear habitats. I'm in there. I'm in their land. They're not in my land. So, um, I definitely, I definitely practice that, but kind of everywhere else come to my tent bear. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got a question. This has been answered previously, not today, but, I guess last spring or something like that, but it's always great to bring this up because I love when you tell the story. But uh, KeelQuest wants to know, how did you get your trail name, The Flash? Okay, so uh, second second or third night on the AT, um, got up, like, if, if you've ever hiked the AT or, or been on it, down in Georgia, when everyone's starting at the same time, you're in the bubble, um, there's at least 100 hikers at every campsite or shelter um, that are all squeezing the shelter camped around it and everything and uh i got you know got to the campsite which was outside of shelter had my tent up and everything and um you know in bed around my air mattress you know trying to fall asleep and i have to pee so i get up have my headlamp on because it's dark out and go find me a tree and start doing my business and you know i'm looking down naturally and uh my headlamp was still on <laughs> and uh and uh so i just kind of and apparently like no one else was asleep they were all out like hanging out and getting to know each other and uh then they got a free show because i uh put a spotlight right on uh <laughs> 
right on the old uh, <laughs> private part there. And uh, and uh, so I got the trail name in the flash because I basically flashed everybody that night. <laughs> <laughs> so the next day, whenever you got up, or did they tell you that night? Were they like, bro, oh, oh my God. I could hear the stickers. Ah. I, 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 I knew. And I, I was like, well, <laughs> here, here I am, everybody. <laughs> so did you embrace the flash as your trail name somebody come, okay oh, they they I come up to it. you and they were yeah, like they're like you're the flash <laughs> and i was like i'll take it i yeah it, well, uh, the thing is if, if people don't know why you're called that they're thinking okay i get it this dude's like he's a bigger guy but guy must be really fast when he hikes you know, like yeah. so, you can you just wear that, and, like when, let that fly when, with people, yeah. and then and then when they finally ask, you can be actually no, it's because I basically flashed everybody when I was going to the bathroom. I'm only I'm only fast when lightning is like getting ready to strike. Me. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Even that's even that it's questionable how fast. I, I remember something Dude, that you you can hike, man. I'm I'll stand up and say like when we were hiking on the shell toey. I mean, there were times when both of us had feet that were just like Swiss cheese, like completely blistered up and messed up from all the wetness and, and everything. And you would go. And I just, there were times I'm like, I just can't keep up. I'm just going to let him go. And I'm just going to catch up when I get there. And, uh, for, for, for you to say, you're not very fast. That's actually not true. You're being humble. Stop it. <laughs> yeah. I thought that the 18 days was really fast. You said how many miles? It's uh, 310, I believe is what it was. That is, and, I only t- and I only took two zeros in that. It was 18 days plus two zeros. I don't know how you do that, man. Um, That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It, just, it was beautiful out there. The weather was perfect. Um, so I just, just walked. <laughs> now, whenever you're um, doing the Colorado Trail. It, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was also on a very tight timetable too when i did the superior so i i had a three-week window to do it and uh so i it it's a it's a good thing and a bad thing it's a good thing because it it keeps you on it keeps you on track but it's a bad thing because the first day you don't hit the mileage you want to do which for me was day one you're already in your head like frustrated and like i'm never going to finish and like you're just kind of mad at yourself and then you then you start hiking in a way you probably wouldn't normally hike to enjoy it and then you probably fall down and then you gush out blood in your knee and then <laughs> put you back even even further but uh, so it makes great stories for a podcast a man makes great yeah. stories for a podcast of uh, inkblots wants to let you know something that he had a similar situation in colorado he went off trail to do business in the dark and didn't know the switchback came back his way so oh my goodness yeah um i <laughs> So uh, I think I told you all last time I was on podcast, I'm a, I'm a privy pooper. Um, I only pooped like twice in the woods on the AT and the rest of the time was in a privy. Uh, Jeremiah's, Jeremiah feels my pain and my victories. <laughs> and, don't, uh, don't poop in the woods game, man. The don't poop in the woods game. So Colorado Trail was not an option. Like you had to poop in the woods. And uh, there was one day that like, like my stomach was just like, you know what? You're you're gonna do this and you're gonna do it a lot because you're gonna go twice, number two. And uh first time was success. And uh second time I uh pants down getting ready to go and here come two women right behind me. I didn't realize the trail switched back and uh it's like shoot, so I pull up my pants real quick and try to find another spot. And, like there's a trail again. I'm like, where is this this is trail just circling around my like <laughs> my poop peripheral? Like I need I need to need to go and you women are like (laughs) and if we're just being honest you can only pinch so long yeah yeah. you can only pinch so long eventually it's coming so you've got you got to find a place eventually or you're gonna be in trouble so So. yeah had to happen a lot more often in colorado but uh i'm getting better at it (laughs) how is the elevation there man because it i've done a like a four day i think in colorado and we were we like flew into Denver and drove up to like nine or ten thousand feet and never went back below it until we left. Did that not just like smack you in the face? The climbing the mountains and doing the passes? No, not at all. Um, wow. I uh, like I I flew into Denver and spent a couple days just outside Denver um, before I started hiking. I actually went on like a like a little like one mile day hike just to kind of get used to some elevation stuff. And it wasn't anything major, but just got me used to doing some uphill uphill walking 
in that elevation and, and I felt pretty good. So getting started, like, I mean, I just, I took my time. The big thing is like, you got to drink a lot of water. Like, and if you think you're hydrated, you're not, you can just have to keep drinking it because at high elevation, like it just sucks it out of you. And there were a couple of days that I really felt like the, what dehydration was doing to me. Mm-hmm. And, and we had it like even day two was a dry stretch. So I did 16 and a half miles on day one, which took us down to river. And that river was your last water source for the next 12 miles. And then you go through pretty much an open exposed burn scar on the mountains where wildfire took out most of the trees. So you're just open. And so you're going through that for 12 miles and your next water source is at a fire station, a little faucet on the side of their building. And, uh, so there are a couple stretches. There's a 16 mile stretch toward the end that we had to carry extra water because there was nothing. Um, but yeah, that, that high elevation, like you got to stay hydrated and just drink plenty of water. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, when we did Kilimanjaro, that was a the thing they told us the whole time was don't hike too fast and drink a ton of water. They were just like, you're at a higher elevation. The, uh, the air's thinner. Yeah. If you try and push it too hard, you're going to wear yourself out and you're going to dehydrate real fast. And uh, so, yeah, it's great advice, man. So a question for you here from uh, Savage Cabbage, which is just a great name altogether. Um, what's your favorite shorter through hike that you have? And I'm assuming they meant to say done instead of not uh, shorter than the AT. So you've done what, three that are shorter than the AT? Yeah, the uh, Chateau was 323 at the time. What is it now? 350-ish? Yeah, yeah. Um, the superior was 310 and the Colorado was 486. Um, I would definitely say the Colorado trail hands down. Um, it was just, it was amazing. Um, the superior was beautiful and, uh, I went in the fall when the leaves had changed and, um, it was a beautiful hike, but it, it had its own set of challenges. Um, and, and it was like, it was a great hike. Uh, man, Colorado was just breathtaking. Now, that 500 that 500 mile range is like the sweet spot because you're out you're out there long enough like you don't feel like you're you're shorting yourself on the adventure and you're not out there too long to where it just feels old uh, but it was just kind of it hit that sweet spot so that's all awesome. whenever you're scheduling these um these shorter through hikes or even a longer through hike i am curious and i think a lot of people are how do you get off work to even, you know, be gone long enough to do this stuff? What's the best advice that you would give? Um, so that's, that's probably everyone's biggest challenge, um, is, is the whole work thing. Uh, when I, when I did the AT, I actually quit my job at Starbucks and, uh, that was kind of a hard thing to do, but, um, cause I, I had a pretty decent career there, but I knew that hiking the AT was something I wanted to do. And, and my, my boss was actually very supportive of it once I told him about it and um, even hired me back um, when I got done. Um, so I was very grateful for that. Uh, yeah, I uh, the last couple hikes, um, which has just been over the last couple years, um, I've just kind of put it in my boss's ear early. Um, luckily, I, I work for a guy who knows um, that I love long-distance hiking. Um, he followed my AT adventure way back when. We were friends and um, so he knows that that's kind of who I am and, and what I enjoy doing. So I, I kind of give him a heads up early enough and, and, uh, he, he's very accommodating with that. And, uh, so I, I, I work a regular job, so I, I have to do, you know, have to make those arrangements and stuff, but I also have my own, um, side business that I do on my own. And I just kind of throw that up on social media and be like, Hey, I'm taking a month off to hike. So eh, see you when you get well- back. And I want to get to that for a second because we're, we're starting to run up on an hour and I want to make sure we get this in tonight. But uh, you and one of the things you've always told me is that the Smoky Mountains is kind of like a religious experience for you. Like the Smoky Mountains yeah. is kind of a place you've been going since you were a child. Um, you love the Smoky Mountains. And I guess it was a couple of years ago you started making trail signs that were replica signs of the Smoky Mountain trail signs. And uh, I know you've got a couple signs with you right now. Um, yeah. do you want to show this off and kind of explain your company to everybody and just kind of what you're doing there? Yeah. So, um, so my dad, my dad's always done some woodworking stuff as a hobby and, and, uh, he, he bought a machine and was like, Hey, I want you to learn how to use this. And, you know, you never know if you, you'll enjoy doing it. And, and I'm thinking, I don't know what I want to do with that. And so he's showing me what it did. And I'm like, 
eh, well, just to make him happy, I'll, I'll do some little project. And, and so I'm like, I'll make, I'll make me a trail sign of one of my favorite trails in the Smokies. And then I'll, I'll have a sign on my wall that, you know, that looks just like the actual one out on the trail. And, and I can, you know, think back of all the memories I had on the trail. And so I made one for myself and I made one for a couple of friends of mine and uh, they really liked it. And they're like, man, you should sell these. I'm like, I don't know who'd want to buy these. And um, so I, so I kind of put it out there a little bit. I sent one to another friend of mine and he's like, dude, you need to sell these. He's like, can I, can I advertise for you? I'm like, well, yeah, I guess. So I made a website real quick, an online store. And, and uh, before I knew it, I started making a bunch of these signs. Like here's probably my most popular one. Um, Alum cave in the Smokies. Uh, it's probably the most over hike trail in the Smoky mountains. And um, <laughs> it's a great trail, but golly, I think people think that's the only trail in the Smokies. Uh, so it's, um, so it's obviously my best sign. Um, but yeah, I make a lot of those and I've even branched out into some other, um, national parks. I've done a Appalachian trail sign. Um, for those people that are just listening, he's, he's showing different signs that, that he's made and they look exactly, I mean, it looks like you ripped the sign off of the trail and just brought it home with you tucked under your arm. That is yeah. so awesome. Hey, and dude. somebody just said, uh, don't be shy. Hold it up a little longer. I think people want to actually get a good look at those signs. Uh, let people get a good look at that. I mean, that that really does, like like Jeremiah just said, that really looks like the actual sign. That's insane, man. Yeah, I, I, I've i hiked most of the trails in the Smokies. I'm working on my 900-mile my status. And uh, so I, I always take pictures of the trailheads when I go. And so I've, I have these pictures and – so I, I try to make them look as authentic as possible. I, I don't really age them or, or deface them like a lot of the trail signs are, unfortunately. But um, it's really cool because the more I've done this, the more stories I've heard from different people that are buying them about why that trail is their favorite hike. And, and like last year at Christmas time, I got really busy with these. And, and uh, I, had to, I had to shut off my store because I just couldn't like keep up. And I was already like living in my dad's garage, like just pelting out sign after sign and still working my regular job. And, and, uh, I, I had to shut off my store and this lady emailed me and she said, Hey, I had these signs in my cart. And when I went to go, I forgot about it. And then when I went to go check out, it said sold out. Like, is there any way I can, can get these? Like my husband passed away this summer and I want to get these for my grandkids. Cause these trails were their favorite trail to hike with their grandpa. And she's like, Oh. how can I, how can I say no to that? And, uh, yeah. so I, I turned the store back on just for her, let her, let her <clears> order those and, and made those for her. And, and I hear so many stories, like someone got proposed to at this trail or, um, first kiss on this trail or, or someone who had recently passed away, loved this trail. And, and so I, I get all these stories and, and which is why I love doing this because the memories it brings from people hiking these trails and, and I think it's a lot of the reason we, we love backpacking because, you know, it, it, the memories it gives us for a lifetime, like it, you know, leave no trace, you know, leave nothing but footprints, take nothing but memories. And, you know, if it keeps people from taking these signs off the trails and keep, get, making people get lost from it, then, uh, you know, then they have a memory on their wall. I have a friend down in North Carolina who's friends with the uh, park ranger. He had him over for dinner one night and the park ranger asked him if he stole those signs. And he's like, no, my friend made these. He's like, wow. And uh, so he told me that. I'm like, man, if a park ranger thinks those are stolen, that's that's the highest praise I can get. So it's that's pretty um, awesome. So please don't steal signs. Just buy one for me. <laughs> <laughs> and because that that money that money actually pays for my uh, long distance hiking. So <laughs> yeah. Well, and and uh, did you work? Are are you making signs for actual trails? I know this so, was something you had talked about for a little while. I don't know if something had worked out that you were able to pull that off or. Yeah. So the uh, North country trail association, um, one of their chapters um, for a section that uh, maintains a, I think a 200 mile stretch in Michigan reached out to me and uh, I made two signs for them that went on both ends of their, uh, of their section that they maintain. And it, it just says, welcome to North country trail, uh, Peter Wolf chapter. And then there's another sign underneath it has, mileage to uh north dakota and mileage to vermont and both of those signs are different because they're at different points um so if someone's through hiking the north country trail and they get to that section um they'll know how far they've come and how far they got to go 
And uh, so I was, I was really honored that they asked me to do those um, for them. And so, uh, and there's a possibility that there might be a couple other chapters that, that reach out as well. So really excited about that. John, can you, really cool. can you put the website back up there for just sure a second? Can, um, we'll put this in the show notes too, down in the description for those that are just listening to the podcast and aren't on the live stream, but it's a uh, Carpenter hyphen woodworks.com carpenter dash woodworks.com carpenter is exactly like you'd think it's spelled not only that but you can find brian on youtube he has a channel called trails in a flash and if you're wanting to look at somebody who has some great videos about these trails in the smokies because like i said brian knows the smokies that's like that's like his second home honestly and uh, I know I've watched a lot of those videos and your Colorado trail videos have been really interesting because they're different from everybody else's. There's literally no talking. It's just music and beautiful scenes. I mean, that's the whole video. What, let me ask you this because you've made trail videos before and you've not made them that way. What made yeah. you decide to go that direction with those, with those videos? Um, so it actually started last year on the uh, superior hiking trail. Um, I, I, first day i'm so excited i'm i'm talking a bunch of my videos and stuff and i i learned very quickly that toward the end of the trail i had to remind myself to get my phone out and shoot something uh because i was just so into the trail and everything else just i i don't know i didn't i didn't i was taking it in like as i was there that i it was so much i didn't i didn't remember to capture it <laughs> and uh so when I put together that video, like I put together one video, I'm like, it's just going to be a, like an 18 minute long video or something like that, because I didn't film half the stuff that I probably should have. And so I think I only talked at the very beginning of that one and then just kind of turned it loose. But um, it was kind of the same way this time. Like I short day hikes, I, I think I can think of more like information and stuff that I want to share about the trails and on long hikes. Like, I think I just want to be in the moment. And if I, if I see something that I want to capture, I'll, I'll capture it. But, um, I, to me, that, that's my, that's my experience. Um, and I don't think anyone else wants that same experience or, or will have that same experience. So I don't want to set it up that way. Like I, I wanted to kind of capture what I thought was that I, what I wanted to share. And I didn't really want to talk about it because I just wanted to be in it. So um, it was a little bit different and I decided to screw the copyright stuff and just play some good music with, uh, with the videos and just kind of what I felt like kind of lined up with, with the mood in that, in that time frame that I shot. And, and, uh, so I, I'm, my channel's not making money anyway. It's not even close to that point. So who cares, <laughs> who cares if I have a copyright <laughs> strike against me and I'm throwing them on Instagram as well, because I just don't care. And, uh, I just want to share that experience um, kind of through my eyes and not through my mouth. So, No, I've, I've really enjoyed watching. You've got three that are up so far, and you've got a fourth one. I think you said you started editing tonight. Yeah, it'll, be, it'll be the last Yeah, it'll be the last video of that. So, um, and it, like I've, It's funny because like I, I think I've only posted one video since like the Superior Hiking Trail last year. and It's like I've done a couple hikes, and I just didn't even remember to film them. <laughs> Well, that's so, a, and they're all and they're all kind of short hikes too. I'm like, this isn't worth talking about. So <laughs> that's a that's a big thing for me too. I mean, some of my friends make fun of me because a lot of my videos are like uh, top five, you know, best pieces of gear or backpacking advice or something. And I'm just like, it, I'm kind of thankful that those videos, the channel's kind of built around a little bit more than trips because it lets you unplug a little bit while you're on the trip and just be in the moment. Then when you get back home, if you wanted to, you know, you could grab some B-roll or something that you shot while you're on the trip, or you can make a full trip video out of it. But, you know, being in the moment is so powerful and important, and it's like what I'm out there for. Yeah, yeah. definitely, definitely. I agree with I agree with Jeremiah on that. When I go I've I've been on several trips this year and I don't know that I've maybe done one that I actually did a video from just because I, I just want to enjoy my trips. I'm so selfish. I'm a terrible, I always tell people I'm a terrible YouTuber because I don't want, I'm selfish with my trips. I went, you know, I went to pictured rocks up in Michigan and I did no video. 
like I took a lot of video. I took a lot of beautiful pictures, uh, posted them on Instagram, to, did other stuff. But I just never really wanted to do a trip video because I just there were like six other YouTubers on that trip and they're all doing a, a video. And I'm like, go watch their videos and and you'll see everything I saw. And I just I just selfishly wanted to enjoy it. <laughs> so uh that's where I'm at, I guess. So, uh, Brian, is there anything else that people need to know about finding you? We've posted up your Instagram, your website. Is there anything else they need to know to find you to uh, get information? Um, how soon should people order stuff for Christmas this year if they're wanting to get something? Because it's getting about that time, isn't it? Yeah, I would say the earlier the better. I'm, I'm already – so I, I've been fortunate. I have a couple stores that are carrying my uh, signs now. And so that's even made everything even more <laughs> crazy for me because now I'm I'm meeting their demand as well. Uh, so I'm I'm running down to Gatlinburg once a month delivering stuff, and got a store in Oxville carrying stuff, and uh, soon to have a store in Lexington, Kentucky carrying some stuff. And I'm excited about. Is that going to be J and H? Uh, just out of curiosity. It is. Fantastic. It is. All right. So fantastic. Uh, so you'll be able to find me a little bit more local as well, and uh, so I'm working on some Red River Gorge stuff for them. And uh, yeah, online is probably the best way to do it. I can also do custom stuff, but that has to be earlier the better. Um, last year, um, <laughs> we were all at the mercy of the postal service because that's how I ship. And uh, probably two thirds of my stuff didn't get delivered by Christmas. Not because I didn't send it on time, but because the postal service was just shorthanded. So I don't know what that's gonna look like this year. So the earlier, the better, I will do my part to ship it out in the delivery window that the postal service says it'll be there, but um, it's in their hands and God's hands after that. So um, <laughs> the, the earlier, the better. Um, I, I don't speak ill will of the postal service because that's how I deliver my stuff. Um, and they, they are, my local post office is super awesome. They're really awesome. Good guys. And they also follow my hikes, which is really cool. That and, is cool. Uh, so uh, yeah, I don't hold anything against them. I, everyone's everyone's shorthanded because of, stupid pandemic but yeah order early um i'm a one-man operation so um i love making them and love getting them out to you and love seeing seeing them up on your walls um when you share those so. uh one real quick question for you before we let you go what store in knoxville uh it's called knoxville outdoor gear revival it's a uh secondhand store for gear um so you can actually take your um gently used gear and they will resell it so it's a great chance to get gear if you're like interested in backpacking or hiking, um, even mountain biking, camping, um, kayaking. They have all kinds of gear that's gently used, so you don't have to dive in spending thousands of dollars on brand new stuff. You can get something gently used and uh, give it a shot and see how you enjoy your outdoor activity. So it's a great store, great people that run it. Um, Alejandro and Michelle are a great couple. They're dog ranger. Um, love them, and they've been great to work with. And um, I've actually taken some gear down there to sell myself and, um, they'll sell it and then send you a check. And so it's definitely worth checking out if you're in the Knoxville area. Very and then, cool. Uh, Gallenberg is the, uh, NOC, uh, great outpost at the very end of Gallenberg there. So that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Well, thank you for being on tonight, man. Hang out yeah. for a little bit in the green room. Don't go anywhere. Sure. Because we still want to talk to you for a couple minutes after we after we sign off of here, but uh, we really appreciate you being on, man. This is the second time we've had a chance to have you on the podcast, and uh, it's been a lot of fun, man. And uh, yeah. this probably won't be the last time you'll be on here either. So uh, sounds good. He's we'll, a regular. We'll chat with you in a few minutes. All right. Thanks, everybody. See ya. As always, man. Great guests. Brian. Make a great show. He is. He's a pleasure to talk to, man. And he has thousands of miles under his belt. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The dude's hike. It's so funny because, um, he had hiked the Appalachian trail, I think in 2012. Mm -hmm. If, if I'm wrong about that, I'm sure he'll let me know later, but, um, I think he, he hiked it in 2012. I did, uh, Kilimanjaro in 2016. And then he and I just happened to get together and start talking. And, and I kind of brought up this idea of doing the shell toey trace. And at that point, from what he had told me was basically, uh, he kind of hung up his hiking boots at that point, as far as like long trails and stuff. And then we did that trail, and it's like he got the bug, and, man, he is just going after it. Um, <laughs> He's jumping in at first, man. He has done a lot. Yeah. I, I, you know, I forgot to ask. I wanted to ask him, you know, what's the next trail? Because that's that's what I'm curious about. What's the next big one that's going to be done? I'm sure he's going to have one lined up for next year. Uh, so we'll, 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 I'm sure we'll find out what that's going to be. But, uh, man, great show tonight. 
Uh, if we didn't get to your comment online, please don't be upset with us. There were a lot of comments, a lot of questions, and it's just kind of hard to get to all of them and still talk to a guest at the same time. So uh, we try to get to as many of them as we could, and we appreciate you guys, as always, because if you guys aren't listening, why are we talking? That's all I got to say. <laughs> it's just kind of a waste of our time otherwise. So thank you guys for tuning in tonight. Jeremiah, you got anything else to say before we sign off of this thing? Um, make sure you're back here same time next Monday. 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Got a, another great guest, um, one of my good buddies, Jonathan, and he has an awesome organization that that he does that it, it helps enable other people to get out into the back doors. That's I, I won't steal his thunder. I'll let him talk all about it, but it's going to be fun, man. Thanks, thanks everybody, for coming out tonight. And we've got some great guests lined up. Uh, they're starting to fill up now. Like, we've got – we got guests from all over the U.S., but also a, a guest coming up from Canada real soon. Uh, we've got uh, a guest from – this won't be a live stream. It'll be a podcast. We've got a guest, I think, who's living in Helsinki right now who's going to be on here who just got done hiking in Iceland. And for those of you who, who follow the hiking community pretty closely, you may already know who this is just by me saying that. But uh, we got some great guests coming on, and I'm excited. And we've got one guest still. I mean, we got to get the date line down and everything set up, but we've got one guest in particular that Jeremiah is in trouble of wetting himself over. I mean, it's like <laughs> I'm excited. He, he's and, super excited about this one guest that we've got coming up potentially. And if you have uh, just hit us up, if you have uh, any ideas for some some guests that have great stories that I mean, I love talking to people who have had awesome experiences, met some great people. You know, uh, anything like that, just, you know, we've had a ton, like Randy Pierce, he was, it's crazy, he's blind and st still does all kinds of crazy stuff, including bagging all the 4,000 footers in the wintertime. Yeah, yeah. Um, getting to talk with uh, with Lloyd Vogel from Garage Grown Gear and just how he's helping cottage companies uh, to get their names out there and, and to start making a real living off of what it is they're doing. Yeah, all uh, kinds of people. Um Heather Anish, I mean, they're so. If you have any other people, whether they're authors or videographers or just backpackers, you know, whatever, hit us up on Instagram, DM us, or uh, shoot us an email at backpackingpodcast at gmail .com. That's right. Get us up there with that, and uh, we would love to hear from you guys, and we'd love to be able to uh, just kind of get some ideas for things that you guys are interested in. Because like we said, if you guys aren't listening, why are we talking? Yeah. So uh, definitely give us some ideas. If you guys have some, some guests you'd like to see, uh, we are trying to get Reese Witherspoon. We're having no luck. Um, <laughs> we've tried. We've tried. It just, it just hasn't happened. So uh, we'll, we'll keep sending the emails and we'll see, we'll keep getting nothing. So uh, <laughs> that's all I got. That's all we got, man. <laughs> all right. Well, Jeremiah, it's been awesome as always. And I uh, want to thank everybody for tuning in, and we will catch you guys on the next one. Adios, folks.